man alive Aaron Williams on their journey home from wrestling and respect in Coldwater Ohio welcome to the road home from wrestling Tape from the road home from wrestling world mobile headquarters of the world, and I got young in the front seat. What up, young? My mouth's on fire right now from eating these flaming hots. Too many of them, flaming hot Doritos, right? Flaming hot Doritos, yeah. yeah. And it, okay. I didn't think they were gonna affect me like they are, and it's really like I want to cough loudly. Wow, but I'm not going to. You had to wait till we started recording, and then you wanted to start coughing. It, it literally happened as soon as we maybe, started recording. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's not. It's not you. It's me. You know. But uh, <laughs> but anyway. So uh, also we have uh, the triumphant return of the baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just kicking people. You know, riding in the backside of the seat of the car, trying not to make too much noise. You know how it is. <laughs> it's not a car. It's it's the headquarters. The mobile, mobile World headquarters. headquarters. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, uh, if we if you're if this is the first time you ever listening to our show, um, you know we record our show on the road home from uh, shows that we go to. We have 300 episodes or more of all kinds of shows all over the uh, Midwest area. However. Dang. We had never been to war wrestling, and that is a shame, and that's something that we had to rectify. So, uh, the other thing I want to mention is that we are in the car. We do have a run-in from our old buddy, Rain. So, welcome back to the show, Rain. You're going to hear a little noise from that every once in a while, so we apologize, but we can't, you know, we can't do anything about Mother Nature. Sometimes she's a bitch. So, uh, you know, but anyway, uh, we basically cover all these kinds of shows all over the place, and... uh, this is what we do. So, um, you know, Aaron, sometimes you've ridden with us probably many, many times, and uh, so this is kind of a normal deal, and, you know, thank you for, if anyone's a new listener, and let us know what you think. So, uh, by the way, let's hit the social media at the top real quick. John, where can we follow you on uh, Twitter? Uh, you can find me at jhat05, or I sometimes do movie, movie reviews <laughs> at Field of Reviews. Awesome. And Aaron, where can we find you on uh, the old Twitters and all that? Uh, I am Planet Williams and the number one. Planet Williams one on the Twitter machine. And I am Planet Williams on Instagram. I am Aaron Williams on Facebook. That's pretty much it. If you have any care whatsoever to ever hear me say anything, there, there's what you'll hear. There you go. Or on here sometimes, or on you know. Here. So uh, anyway, well, I, I'm Andy. You know, you can follow me at Drews for Tweets on Twitter. And you can follow The Road Home From Wrestling at The Road Home FW as well as uh, The Road Home From Wrestling on Facebook. And, uh, you know, please go follow us. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think about stuff. Uh, we really appreciate that. But uh, now we're going to get into some wrestling and stuff. And, uh, John, tell us, set us up a little bit. You know, what was this show? What was this venue? What is wrestling and respect? Uh, 
that's a mighty task you just established. You're up to it. You're up to it, man. Uh, so tonight was a charity show uh, for someone in the cold water community. Uh, it was called Slams for Shane. And uh, I guess there's someone in their community who has kind of fallen on some hard times. And so they were throwing this show uh, to kind of raise money to help pay for medical expenses and etc. Whatever they need the money for, they can use it how they feel needed. Uh, so we were at Coldwater High School, uh, which was a really fancy gym. It was nice. Much fancier than the gym I grew up in. <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> uh, and so it's my first time being at a war show. And uh, I really liked the entrance. It kind of had a very uh, war atmosphere to it. I don't know how else to, like, a war zone. Oh, Where okay. there was, like, mesh on the ring entrance. Okay, and, I gotcha. Uh, you know, kind of camo colors. And I thought it was a pretty cool entrance. Yeah, the, the whole setup is very professional, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy about it is that the, the floor is covered by a giant tarp. You know, but it's pulled tight and you won't trip or anything like that. It's very, very well put together. Um, Aaron, tell me about the ring. Is that a, a what, what size ring is that? Um, I think it might be 18 by 18. I think it is 18 yeah. by 18. I was looking at it pretty close yeah, and I was like, mm. it's, it's a solid ring. It's probably one of the better rings that I get to work in on a quasi regular basis, I'd say. I haven't asked you this in a while. I'll ask you. Ooh, I, love, I love asking. Stuff. I mean, because you answered this question a long time ago, but, the, you know, things, if you've had more experiences with different rings, what's your favorite ring to work in that you've worked in? Wow. Because, um. <laughs> I mean, you've you've wrestled in a WWE ring at this yep. point, you know, Ring of Honor ring, you've wrestled in the, uh, you know, Impact ring, you've wrestled in indie rings all over the country. What What's the best one? Um, I think I might have to say... Ring of Honor ring that I worked in. No kidding. Pretty, uh, pretty on point. I mean, the WWE ring was 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 obviously great, uh, but uh, unfortunately, it's twenty by twenty, so it's bigger, and I wasn't, I didn't get a chance to prepare myself for that, I guess. So I'm sure, overall, if I got to work in that ring more than you know a couple of times, that would take the place of the Ring of Honor ring, but. Uh, as of right now, I will have to say the Ring of Honor ring. The Impact ring I worked in uh, was the uh, Octagon, or the uh, the Six-Sided ring. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they don't have that anymore, which that wasn't that bad, really. Um, it was actually kind of cool in its own way, but okay. uh, I still have to say the Ring of Honor ring. So, yeah, you, uh, well, the first time I asked you that, you said that you liked the, uh, the Impact ring. You know, but you had just kind of come back from ring from being it, you know, in it and everything. So I think that maybe you're a little biased at the time. I think I but, was. Uh, but and I was uh, expected to be working in it a lot more. You know? But yeah, I was trying to pay attention to how things might change in an 18 by 18 ring because most of the rings we see are 16 by 16. That's kind of typically what you see in your independent promotions. And you know what made me realize that this was a bigger ring? What's that? Um, Samantha Heights. I just oh, yeah. saw her standing in it, and I was like, "My God, she looks smaller than I real, you know, remember." And uh, you know, and I was like, "You know what? I bet you that ring's a little bigger." And then I was looking at it, and I was like, "You know, I bet it is." So, you know, yeah, uh, you were, that is a great ring, though. As far as like indie rings, I, I'd have to say that ring's probably the best ring. Yeah, it looks tremendous. So, you know, and that's just uh, just we're trying to go over some of the particulars of 
how professional this this thing was. And you know, one of the things that made this a very professional outfit is the ring announcer. We got motherfucking Daniel Blevins in the house. We walked into the building. He's the first person I saw, which is just kind of how it works. So, um, uh, you know, he's uh, he's one of those guys that is an old school wrestling guy from the area, right? I mean, he's been around a long time. Aaron, you, he used to announce your name all over the place, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's been around for a while, and uh, I like Daniel Blevins a lot. I think he's a tremendous announcer. Um, this is your first experience in, with him, John. What'd you think? Uh, I thought he was, uh, so I kind of leaned over to you when he was first talking, and if anyone has seen the show Glow on Netflix, he very much reminded me of the ring announcer and the commentary guy from Glow, mm-hmm. which is a good thing because I felt like the guy on that show was really entertaining and knows how to pronounce all the words correctly, something I'm not totally good at. Uh, <laughs> you setting us up so that that way when you screw up later, it's no big deal? Yeah, we're all, <laughs> we're all clear now. It's awesome. Well, yeah, I love Daniel Blevins. I was very happy to see him. I did not know he would be here tonight, so that was awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're looking for a ring announcer and you want your uh, show to, you know, kind of, uh, you want to add to your show with an actual, like, legit ring announcer, he's the guy, man. So pronunciation is on point. He's tremendous. So, and he's got pipes, man. Like, he's really, like, some ring announcers take advantage of the fact that they're using a microphone and they don't open up. You know, they just kind of... They just kind of say the things. He is, like, if he didn't have the mic, you would still feel that air moving. You know what I mean? From his yeah. throat. He's really, you know, he's opened the diaphragm. He's coming from the bottom. He knows what he's doing. So he's a, a professionally trained guy that does that well. So anyway, love Daniel uh, Blavins. Always got to put him over as much as I can because I love I was, that like, thrown off a little bit by him tonight. Oh, yeah? Because, Uh-oh. yeah. Because uh, I, I heard him announcing me as I, like, came through the curtain. And then I got to the ring. And I walked all the way around the ring and still got in the ring and did my pose, but he still hadn't announced me yet. And I was blown away by that. I was like, how did that? Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> well, so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I paused for a minute and like talked to the photographer until he said my name and then I did my pose. There you go. Well, you know, whatever he was doing, uh, the, the reason for the pause, I'm sure was a professional reason. I'm so. sure you're right. <laughs> anyway, well, John, tell us, uh, we had a, a match, right? And and we had pretty damn good seats. We were, like, in the second row right there by the entrance. Mm-hmm. It was pretty great. Uh, we saw a few people that we knew, um, you know, but uh, none worth mentioning. And then, uh, so what was the uh, what was the first match of the night? So, technically, it wasn't a match to start okay, the show. Gotcha. Uh, it was an in-ring promo by Nick Hahn. Uh, right. He came out to kind of put over what we're here for, the benefit show. And as he's doing that, the war heavyweight champion, Cody Jones, comes out with his posse, um, which is Thrill in the City, uh, Pamala Star, and... Pamalo. Pamala. Pamala Star? Yeah, Pamala. You said... Pamala? Am I saying it right here? It's Pamala. Okay. Pamala. All right, I just yeah, assumed you were wrong. <laughs> Right, was, go ahead, sorry. I was practicing that one the entire show. Like, this is the one day that's really going to screw I'm me up. I'm sorry. I'm, fr- I'm not frustrated at you. I'm projecting because we're driving over the, like, bumpiest, ridiculous road of all time. Well, and we're out. We're done. That's also been a detour for the what last, this? Like, half mile. Yeah, come on, man. GPS is here. We're good. I, I know where we're at. I just got to, you know, get through this bumpy part. But anyway, go ahead. Back I apologize. Wrestling. Yes. So, Cody Jones and his crew come out. They interrupt. 
and uh, that also brings out uh, Matt Taylor and Kid Bullet. And Matt Taylor says, you're already out here. We're supposed to have a match later tonight. Why don't we just have that match now for the War Heavyweight Championship? And uh, they pull the little referee into the ring. And we got our first match of the night. That's right. Um, now, one thing I do want to mention is that some of the, the bad guys that were uh, coming out was uh, Will the Thrill and Pav City. Thrill in the city. My guys. I haven't seen them in forever, man. I was really excited to see them. That was great. They're they're quite the duo. Yeah, man. You know, I love those guys. They're awesome. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, now I know this, John. I don't want you to get tired already, and I know this is a long match. But can you take us through this one? Yes. So, first match was the main event, technically of the night, coming early. <laughs> <It> was <laughs> uh, a war heavyweight title match between Matt Taylor versus Cody Jones, and there was a DQ finish within two minutes. <laughs> So I don't even know if they ever hit any official moves. They kind of just like punched and kicked each other. And the next thing you know, Thrill and the City jump in. That's right. And start beating them up. First of all, that's rude. (laughs) So then Nick Hahn gets on the mic and he says, you know what? Tonight's main event should now be a four on three handicap match. You four stooges versus us three studs. Nice. Tonight. I love that term, Stooges. That's awesome. Um, You know why I like this? This is really cool. One of the reasons I like this is because this is a charity show. We know that no titles are going to change hands tonight. You know, it's kind of like the like a house show version of War, right? So you're kind of thinking that you probably aren't going to have any titles change hands, especially the heavyweight title. So let's just make it a fun tag match. You know what I mean? Instead of instead of that, let's let's make make it set up a situation where we have some bad guys who have wronged the good guys, and they're going to get their comeuppance in the end. You know, and it'll happen in one night. You know, really cool deal. That was really smart stuff. I liked it. So yeah. So tonight in the main event is the Teddy Long special. That's right. It's it's actually a handicap match. Yeah. You know? So it's a little different. But so, I, mm-hmm. the next match <gasps> was supposed to be the original opening contest. So the, I, one thing I liked about this show tonight is when you walked in, they had little program pamphlets. Yes! Uh, that kind of it they felt like a do that. it felt like a play, like when you go see a play yes, and you have I like thought that was the cool, scenes man. and you're singing them. And so this one, you had the match card and like who's fighting in it. And at the bottom, thank goodness they had it. It said card subject to change. Yeah. And thank God they did have that. Otherwise, they would have got sued. Yeah, I would have. So. I would have got up and walked out. <laughs> They didn't have that. What's on the program at all? And John reads all the fine print. You know what I mean? Every time. So, but the one there was my favorite page on the uh, on the um, program was the back page for autographs. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would get over huge in some of the other promotions that we I'll go to. I'll tell you to, honestly, so. the first time I went to War was, was years ago. Years ago, came out during intermission and was flooded by young youngins wanting your autograph. Pretty cool. It was, like, it literally, I didn't get a chance to move from the spot that I walked out in because they were on me that much until the end of the thing. And it wasn't just me. They were going to everybody. But it's a thing that they really enjoy, so. I dig it, man. I like that. So that was pretty cool. I still have my program, so I might have you sign it by the end of the night. I absolutely will. Full name and all. You guys carry me. And speaking of Aaron Williams, the next match 
was for the War Respect Championship. Who's the War Respect Champion, though? The baddest man alive, Aaron Williams. Yeah! That's me. Yeah! He's in the back seat right now. I'm speaking the words coming out of the mouth going into the phone and that's going through your ears right now. Yeah. And his opponent was Alex Weir. Did I say that right? I believe he did. Weaponized Alex Weir. That's right. Yes. And so Alex Weir came out with like a big bow staff that he started doing, you know, ninja tricks with. And me and Andy both looked at each other like, oh, he's about to get shown up. Because Aaron Williams is about to come out with his nunchucks and just start flipping those around. Yeah. And and, and what happened after that, Aaron? Did we well, get the nunchucks? No, he didn't get the nunchucks because I was already wearing a title belt. And uh, I don't like carrying a ton of stuff to the ring. So, <laughs> so I decided not to, uh, not to take the nunchucks um, because... I guess, I guess you could say I'm lazy. Well, I, really to. I had a pretty good idea, though. I wanted you to figure out how to do the Pootie Tang thing, where, uh, you know, it basically you wear the belt, but you pop it off and start whipping people with it, and then it kind of goes right back in place. That you would know? be great. So. However, I do have to say that title is hard to put on. For <laughs> it's one. heavy, right? So. And it's super heavy. So if I just hit somebody in the face with that sucker, um, they are not going to. They're not going to react like Pootie Tang's did. What a top. It is what a top. What a top. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I was... How many people do you think get that reference? <laughs> Just like three. But uh, <laughs> two of them are in the car. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> um, that means I don't. <laughs> you mentioned it's difficult to put the, a title on. And I was... Uh, a friend of ours was uh, putting on a title the other day, and he was having trouble with it. And I was just thinking to myself, because have you, have you ever seen Hulk Hogan put on a title? He, it's like he's doing it in his sleep. It's unbelievable. <laughs> if you ever watch him put one on, like, just just go to the end of any WWF main event show from, like, you know, I don't know, 1985 or yeah, 1987. I, I mean, he just puts it on like like it's he's putting a sock on. It's amazing because he had a little experience. So, uh, anyway, well, that was pretty cool. Now, Alex Weir is a, uh, he is a um, martial artist, much like yourself. Yes. But he has a belt of some kind. Do you, do you know what this belt is? Uh, he is a practitioner of the uh, Tucson Go. Tosong Go uh, discipline, mm -hmm. if I am uh, accurate, which I think is very much like Taekwondo. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, he is a practitioner of that. He's about actually he is about to get his master's uh, uh, belt in that his master's rank. Uh, so he's uh, he's pretty uh, pretty dang good at. It. Yeah, man. Uh, we've seen him, you know, around with the Death Threat Army. And uh, he stands out as a guy who is extremely talented. You know, yeah. I mean, he's obviously very talented. And uh, he's kind of a mix between a flippy dude and you. You know, he kind of mixes in a lot of the flippy stuff as well as a lot of this martial arts type stuff. And it's, it's a real cool style that I know over time he's going to refine and develop oh, more. Yeah. You know, I mean, like right now it's a little raw. But it's awesome, you know. It's really good stuff, and that this was a really smart uh, booking decision to match you guys up. Is yeah. there any story behind this, or is this just kind of a, a no, I random think, thing uh, here? I were I got to wrestling uh, last year. I want to say maybe last January or 
February or something like that. And uh, he was much smaller. He was much <laughs> greater at the time. And it was a pretty, you know, it was a passable match. But uh, I think as time went on and he developed more, uh, some people like just kind of like, oh, he's kind of like you, only a little different. And I think uh, Big Tom, the promoter of War, just realized that. Like, hey, I can, I can book these guys at this show, so I'm going to. It's awesome. You guys might want to call him not so Big Tom anymore. Yeah, you know? he's, not, he's not as big as he uh, once was. It Good for him, man. Good yeah. for him. That's tremendous. But, uh, uh, all right. Well, um, I, you know, we didn't. I didn't take any notes on this match. And normally how it works is we kind of, you know, talk about the things that happened in the match. Not in super detail, but just about what we liked. But when we have an opportunity like we have tonight, where we have the man himself who was in the match... I mean, Aaron, you're a pro. You know what you're doing. Can you take us through some of this match and let us know what you thought? Um, I, I mean, I liked the match. I didn't like getting hit so much. Uh, so, but I kind of got a little, a little bit of a taste of my own medicine to some extent. Um, which uh, now I understand why people don't like it so much. Uh, which is, uh, it's just okay. You know, I, I can dish it out just as well as I can take it. It's all good. Um, I was supposed to turn there. I know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just going to back up on this road. But yeah, Aaron, go ahead. Um, but um, it was. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the competition. I, I was looking forward to it because we both are of, uh, you know, we have that background. And it's always uh, fun to get to get in there and tango with somebody who has uh, a similar style that you do. Mm -hmm. But I knew that he, you know, he also is very acrobatic as well. So that was something to look forward to for me as well because I'm not really all that acrobatic. I can do some things when I choose to, but uh, but he's he's got a lot to offer. And I was, like, looking forward to not only um, uh, competing against him, but also taking the advantage of maybe teaching him a few things as uh, as I was going and as we uh, as we went. And I think I did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, how did, how did you well, guys feel like it went? Or oh, did you, you want to hear what we thought? Is I, that do what you, I do want to hear what you think. So uh, back in the day when we first had Aaron on the show, this is a way that he got out of talking about matches. He'd be like, no, I want to hear what you guys thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but what, one of the things I liked about it is that you guys didn't do this too much, but there was kind of like anything you can do, I can do better type of thing going on in this match a little bit. Uh, particularly with the, uh, you know, kind of beetle blaster type kicks, right? Where, you know, he got you a couple times with it, and, and then, you know, and then he wanted something. He was like, you know, give it to me. You got him down on the ground, and you kicked the shit out of him. Um, you know, the one in the back, I think, was the one that was like, oh, my God, that looked like it hurt real bad. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and Alex uh, sold it like it hurt real bad, cause, and he probably wasn't selling. No, so, um, you know... It's pretty. It's got to be fun to get in there with somebody like that. That kind of is okay with you letting loose a little bit, you know. And yeah. uh, that that's got to be a little a little bit of fun, right? It really is. I mean, because also when you're in there with somebody like like that, uh, which is something I kind of enjoy because I know how things are going to go. Like I know how I like things to be. So when I get in there with somebody who's similar to me. I know how to be, I know how to feed, and I know how to be there for them, and they know how to be there for me. So it just makes it, 
makes it really fun and easy because it takes a lot of the, I don't want to say guesswork because that's definitely not the right word, but <laughs> it takes, uh, it's like, I guess it would be um, equivalent to if you're sparring somebody that you've trained with as opposed to sparring somebody you've never known. I gotcha. Okay. So, like, in, in that respect, it's like if you both have, like, the same style and the same, like, feel and somewhat the same mentality, you can, like, move easier with it. You flow more rather than, like, having to, like, fix I and, gotcha. and, and stuff like that. And there was a lot of that in, in, in this match tonight. Like, I actually... After it was over, although I took some pretty rough bumps and everything like that, I felt accomplished and good about the match because it flowed so easily. I thought it was pretty good, John. What you think, man? <clears throat> uh, there was a couple spots that I really enjoyed. The beginning where they were running the ropes, and like you were saying, the when you can like anything you can do, I can do better. They both had different spots where they were running the ropes and kind of like outsmarting each other uh, by like ducking underneath, hopping over. And then there was a spot where he kind of like flipped Aaron out of the ring onto the apron and Aaron dove back over and hit a monkey flip. That was and cool. Alex landed in a kind of like, quote unquote, the superhero position uh-huh. where he landed on like a knee and like his fist down on the ground and stood up and like looked at Aaron like, yeah, you're not so tough. But I am so tough. <laughs> <laughs> so he was wrong. But... I did enjoy that. Yeah, that spot was really cool. Uh, and then it was fun watching him do his little flippy stuff where he dove out of the ring and hit like a running Hurricane Rana on Aaron. And he went for a couple things he didn't get. I think he went for a shooting star press and missed it, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple things like right that. Up he did! That was crazy. I've never really seen anyone like totally whiff a shooting star press and hit like chest first and then bounce back up immediately. And, you know, it's weird because that ring didn't look super bouncy. But we saw a couple times tonight where guys just went bouncing up, you know. Yep. But maybe it was a little bouncier, you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it kind of depends on the thickness of the boards, I guess, yeah, you know, and the amount of them. It's a real good ring. But, uh, it, you know, that is the mark of a good ring that has that little bit of give but doesn't look like it to the audience, you know. Because I remember another ring from back in the day that looked like a trampoline. You know what I mean? When guys are running around on it, and I'm like, holy crap, you know? But if you can't see that, that's that's kind of the goal. But uh, that's pretty cool. Well, Aaron, I mean, you know, like I said, you this is for the Respect Championship, too, as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get any Respect puns in, which I'm really disappointed in John and myself and all well, of us. We knew going in, I told Aaron that if he didn't come back with the title, I wouldn't respect him and that mm-hmm. I might make him, you know catch a ride back to Cincinnati with somebody else. Bum it, yeah. But, huh. you know. <laughs> how that is. But luckily, he had respect for us, he and did. he came back as a champion. That's right. That's what it was all about. He didn't care about the belt. It's about, you know, respecting us. So, uh, <laughs> and and getting did, a ride home. <laughs> how did you beat Alex, Aaron? Uh, I beat Alex with a variation of a pile driver that I think has been dubbed the Texas three-leaf clover driver. Um, That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful, but it's better than the three-handle family time zone credenza. Ooh, I dig that, too. That's yeah. pretty cool. Where does yeah. that come from? That is uh, a move that Perry Saturn used to do, actually. Nice, nice. Yeah. Man, um, just getting into some Perry Saturn. He is yeah, man. really yeah. good, man. Uh, but basically, in short, I uh, 
I put him in a regular pile driver type position after I struck him multiple times in the face. <laughs> after he missed that shooting star press and then right. I was like oh now it's time to be a veteran <laughs> I just started knocking the living crap out of him and I hit a couple head kicks and I probably could have pinned him right there honestly but I was like nah I feel like just uh, I feel like I feel like more punishment so uh, I picked him up for a normal pile driver only instead of hooking him around the waist or hooking him for a cradle I decided to grab his ankles and uh, stuff him in a pile driver while holding his ankles, which is uh, now the Texas Three Week Clover Powder. There you go, man. And uh, you know, a uh, a younger wrestler may have gone for the pin after the head kicks, you know. But Aaron, you're a veteran, <clears throat> you know. Uh, you're a grizzled young vet. You've been around a long time, and it's one of those things where you're going to make sure you're not going to let this kid uh, disrespect you. That's true. So, that's right. That's true. That's all I got. Respect titles on the line, but I can get disrespected <laughs> so by you, a youngin who can do flippies and let it Who did you uh, win the respect title off of? Uh, I won the respect title in a ladder match against a young man named Storm Grayson. Okay. Uh, who, unfortunately, during said ladder match, severely tore his rotator cuff oh, and no. had, to, uh, had to get surgery. But he is uh, on the road to recovery now, and I've seen posts from him on Instagram uh, on a semi-regular basis talking about his recovery, which, uh, although he was my enemy on that day, I would never hope anybody to get hurt that bad. Uh, it sucks. But he's a good, you know, other than being a douchebag sometimes, he's a good kid, and I hope the best for him. Dude, torn rotor, rotator cuff, that's like a year, you yeah, know? I mean, good. it could be a year, you know? It's just one of the worst injuries you can have as far as uh, just time that it takes to recover. That's awful. So, uh, well, shout out to him, and hopefully uh, he'll be on the men soon, and uh, you'll be kicking him in the head again. Yeah, so, uh, you know, but uh, Alex Weir did a great job. Yes, he did. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome, and uh, it's always great to hear Aaron talk about the uh, match he was just in. Uh, John, uh, anything else uh, we want to talk about this one, or are we moving on? No, it was a really good match. It's always a pleasure to watch Aaron Williams wrestle, and I'm not just saying that because he's in the car. It's because I don't really get to watch him wrestle very often. It's true. And it's always a treat. You, you should hear all the shit he talks when you're not around Aaron, yeah, by the way, bad. so it's ridiculous. I, so, I do have one question, though. Um, you usually finish after made events, though, right? I usually finish? What do you mean? Do you, do you usually finish the podcast after you're done talking about the main event? We do, yeah. Right, so what are you, you going to do now? <laughs> I mean, we got other matches to talk about, you know, so... Wait a minute, we already talked about this. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> All right. I'm, 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 so the next I mean, match... I'm just, the, I'm just the best in the Midwest. What, John, John, John's the one that loved you so much, it didn't even laugh at your joke, so... Uh, <laughs> you know, like, moving on. <laughs> the next match was Shane Foster versus... Yeah. Maybe my new favorite... Mysterious Movado. Oh, Mysterious man. So, let's talk about Mysterious Movado for Absolutely. a second. Absolutely. Uh, he was very shiny. Uh, as in, like, I think he only had plastic on. Um, he looked like a Power Ranger villain. Uh, yeah. And, but he also had, so if anyone watched Power Rangers back in the day, you'll remember that Tommy, the Green Ranger, had this, like, shield that, uh, you know, any ranger could touch, and they could then have this shield to protect him. Well, Movado has that, but it's, like, a purple one. 
it. I don't know, man. This guy is awesome. His mask, his luchador mask, has a different shape to it, too, as far as, like, the face. It's got, yeah. like, four arrows pointing. I don't know why I'm doing this, like, in the car. Yeah. But it's, like, four arrows pointing in all different directions. When a square or a rectangle mouth, which yeah. is a little different, you know, than what you see. Which I really enjoy that. There is, um, you know, for a while there when uh, Ray Phoenix was very popular. Not that he's not so popular, but, I mean, he was kind of at his peak. Every wrestler that was a luchador had that same mask. Yeah. And so everybody looked the same to me. And, like, I really like that when someone has a unique mask. And we saw a couple unique masks tonight, so that was yeah. one of them. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then tell us, uh, you know, about uh, the other gentleman. Uh, was it Foster, Shane Foster? Yeah, Shane Foster was just a big dude. Uh, bald dude. Was he a bald dude? He bald was dude. a bald dude. Yeah. Sorry, I, you know, I just noticed people with flowing hair. Uh, I don't really notice people with no hair. Let's, um, let's, let, yeah, I know. He's really digging himself a hole, but yeah, uh, let's really be honest here. I mean, I'm in great head kicking space. <laughs> you are, that's true. Um, John, you know, and he's very precise with that. He can do it without even messing me around here. He's done it to Dean like five times, but, uh, but, you know, let's just be honest. It's not hair that you're even worried about. I'm you here. are an ab man. You're looking at abs. That's all you care about. Yeah, you know? I'm just so, here for the abs. So that's <laughs> that's you know let's let's not let's not bury the lead here. I I grade the wrestlers on the amount of abs they have. It's yes. true. It's true. Love grading the lead. Ah, that is a fact. So hundred percent fact. Yeah, yeah. So that's his favorite person in the world. And uh, anyway, well, let's talk about the match a little bit. You know, I know that we had a little bit of comedy shenanigans from mysterious Bravado. Uh, and uh, he was, he had unique comedic offense that I really liked. Mm -hmm. But we have to make sure we point out, uh, so to start the match off, Shane offers his left hand. Oh, right, yes. To Movado to shake it, you know, to show some respect. I called him out immediately. Yeah, Andy saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah, We knew that, you know, Foster was not a left-handed shaker. He was more of a naturally right-handed shaker. And that he was playing on Pearl Harboring Movado. Absolutely. And you know what? Movado started the fall for it, but he totally denied <laughs> any attack That's great. that Foster tried to he attempt. Should. Yeah, it was actually... So we've talked about it before, Aaron, the front-facing Pearl Harbor, which oh, I, know yeah. you, I know you pulled off for oh, us yeah. in that one match. That oh, was yeah. awesome. But, uh, but this guy tries it and just fails miserably. And that's what happens most of the time when you try the front-facing Pearl Harbor. He should have thrown the T-shirt. Yeah. Instead, he went for the left-handed handshake. And, uh, you know, Movado, he's seen the genius wrestle. He knows. Yep. You know, genius, one of my favorite wrestlers ever, always offered the left-handed handshake all sneaky-like, you know, and they would punch somebody in the face. So, you know, it, it's it's obvious. Like I said, I called him out immediately. It's like, it's his left hand. It's his left hand. You know, that's a left-handed handshake, and uh, it's unbelievable. If you're going to do the front-facing Pearl Harbor, you got to put some thought behind it. You can't just do it all willy-nilly-like. It's got to be precise and thought out in a great extent. Hence why sometimes you just got to dress up and beat somebody up. That's right. It's one of the most difficult moves in pro wrestling. So, uh, you know, anyway, well, that was awesome. But like you said, we had Movado uh, kind of doing, doing, yeah, doing yeah. some, he did a lot of comedy spots. There was one spot where he ended up getting uh, Foster over into the corner and instead of like going up for the 10 count punch, he started like playing bongos on his chest. <laughs> um, you got the crowd like 
uh, clapping with it too, yeah. which was awesome. It was really fun. And then there was another spot where uh, they were kind of running the ropes and Foster uh, just kind of fell down right before Movado got there and Movado just trips straight over him and face plants like right to the mat. That was another good comedy spot. That's um, what a, uh, when a guy lays down uh, in front of a guy when they're running, that's what's supposed to happen. That's what we're trying to do. It just never works. Yeah, well, they did tonight. They did tonight. Multiple times. Good job, Foster. Yeah. Well, also the drop down is a way to get out of their charging wrestlers' way also, without yeah. without going left or right. You know, I mean, you can jump over them or you can go under them. That's kind of the only choice you have. Mm-hmm. If you try to go right or left, it's not going to work. So, very true. Only, only straight, straight lines. That's right. That's right. No zigzag. <laughs> uh, there was another spot where. Uh, Movado eventually knocked Foster down to the ground, and so he did a handstand and then rolled over onto him for a senton. That's cool. Which was really fun as well. Uh, so multiple times throughout the match, Foster kept going for a DVD, but was unsuccessful. Uh, do you remember any of Movado's like ways he escaped? Well, you know, he would kind of escape and then counter it with something goofy, you know. But, I mean, not all of it was goofy. It just, it was, you know, it was fun. His offense was fun, you know. And so I think that this really, in a way, kind of did a disservice to Movado. I think he should have taken this match a little more seriously. Because, you know, after a while, um, you know, uh, what's the other guy's name? I'm sorry. Shane Foster. Shane Foster. um, He was going for this DVD, and I'm thinking to myself, this must be a move that's pretty devastating for him. Mm-hmm. And when he finally got it, holy shit, yeah. that DVD was fucking awesome, man. My goodness. Devastating. Yeah. Huh? yeah. It was pretty flawless, Wow. Too. That was, it was, it looked like it hurt like a bitch, so. Also another Harry Saturday. There you go. Yeah. That's true. Um, Harry Saturday's awesome. But, uh, yeah, so, um. Tulsa, that was the finish of the match, yeah. right? So once Shane Foster back, do you remember Shogun Chris Logan, who I wrestled multiple times? I do, yes. Uh huh. That is his brother. No kidding. Yep, your brother. Okay. Yeah, you uh, was that? That was at uh, um, what's uh, Berwin? Or yep. was that? Okay, yeah, that was at Berwin Wrestling. So, uh, are they still around? Yeah. Are they okay? Man, I just don't hear anything about them anymore. Huh. Probably because I haven't worked for him. So yeah, that's, I that's, uh, that's right what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. John, any kind of overall thoughts or anything there? I, Movado was very fun to watch. And Foster was, too. I thought they worked well together. Um, but as so, so as Movado was leaving, he kind of went through the crowd. And Foster's going around kind of like, you know, telling everybody they suck. But Movado's out in the crowd with this large guy. Like, kind of standing behind him, hyping up this big guy to get in Foster's face. It was he, funny. He was soliciting the crowd to fight for him. Yeah. Lovato <laughs> is, is a pretty, pretty good cat. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan, you know. And you know, what you got to understand, too, another thing I just want to kind of make clear, a lot of these wrestlers tonight, me and John's the first time we're seeing them. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we're stumbling over their names a little bit here and there, but also why we're talking about you know, our thoughts as if 
we've never seen him before because we haven't, you know. I, I feel like I may have seen Movado one other time somewhere, but I just, I can't place it. I want to say he maybe a couple of okay, then I probably did see him at Alutus, but because um, I went to almost all those. But uh, but man, he was great, and uh, I really enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, was a match after all. Our next match was a ladies' match. They called it that too. Unbelievable. Well, I think they originally said, "Ooh, the girls are gonna fight." Yes, and they're like, "No, it's the ladies." And I'm like, like "That was more respectful." Or like, "It's the women." <laughs> The women are wrestling now. Your promotion's called re- Wrestling and Respect, but we're calling it a ladies' match. Now, don't take that the wrong way. We're just joking around. You know, we understand that uh, a women's match is what it's actually called, is kind of an attraction. So it's treated that way. You know what I mean? So, yeah, especially like, on the indies, because there's not that many that's true. women wrestlers. Well, and it's like if they were going to have a Haas battle, they made an announcement, oh, your next match is a Haas battle. Or if it's a ladder match, you know, so they kind of treat it that same way as it's an attraction, which I get, and we make fun of that. So don't take it the wrong way. But, uh, but who was in the match? Uh, the first member out was Pamala Star. She was going against Samantha Heights. That's right. I, you know, there was a lot of things about tonight that were kind of a flashback for me, uh, taking me back to another time and a different place because I have not heard Sam come out to that music in years, you know, so that was pretty cool. She came out to the, like, the, like, I don't know, punk pop, like something about a body bag and stuff yeah. like that. It's a cool song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, so that was fun. And, and also seeing Daniel Blevins and Matt Taylor and something like that. Like I said, it takes me back to a place, you know, a long time ago, not so far away. But, uh, but Aaron, tell us a little bit about Pomalo. Pomalo. Pomalo has been like a pretty, um, Pretty regular at uh, email star at war for a little while now. Uh, I do believe her and Heather Owens may have been at their anniversary show in a cage match. No kidding. Nice. Yeah. Was that was that when Heather Owens retired? Yes. No kidding, man. I never got to see her wrestle live. Really? Yeah, it's a shame. She she seems like a really cool person too. Uh, yeah, but she uh, she's she's a solid heel for him. She's. Uh, her and Cody Jones are a uh, tandem together. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, she's uh, basically like a natural heel. She just uh, she does her thing. Now, the folks that were there tonight were your typical wrestling fans. And, you know, we are out in the country. So uh, Miss uh, Senora Star, she knows that, you know. And so, whoa, she is going to play along with that a little bit. Yeah, so and she came out speaking only in Spanish. Uh-huh. And that got the crowd fired up. Well, at least the little kids behind us. Because they started yelling, Speak American! We're in America! <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's Don't be speaking awesome. that Spanish! We're in America! And I was like, oh, my God, Andy, is this happening? Yeah, yeah what's happening? Those little kids were pretty funny, and they, they gave us a couple chuckles a few times. They were definitely into the show. Oh, big time, you know, and, uh, yeah, so she is a Hispanic, uh, a Latina, and, uh, you know, she's really playing that up, which I think is some smart stuff, because uh, it really doesn't cross the line. I mean, I know it's ridiculous, but it doesn't really, you know, they started USA Champ, which kind of died, 
you know, pretty quickly. So, uh, you know, things like that are kind of fun, though. I mean, I've heard wrestling fans make USA chants that just don't make any sense before. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's, uh, My favorite is when they do USA chants and both people are from the U.S. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's right. Like or one's from Canada and one's from, like, Mexico. And they're like, USA. Yeah, don't make no sense. So, um, <laughs> uh, but I thought this was a lot of fun. But man, we got a lot of hokey pokey in this match, huh? Yeah, you put your left foot in, put your left foot out. Sam, Sam did the, the Buddha spot. Wait, which one? The crawling under the ring. That's right. Yeah, sure enough. Mm -hmm. I, I think of many other things before I think of that as the Buddha spot. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, I mean, well, I'm, I'm an avid Buddha. I know you're a buddy. So. I know. I need to watch more. That's my problem. Not yours, but uh, but but yeah. Tell us a little bit about about the match, John. Uh, so what Aaron's going to talk about? There was a point in the match where Samantha got behind uh, Miss Star and kept like every time Star would look behind her, Samantha would kind of move with her, and eventually she just got out of the ring and crawled underneath. And Star's like over in the corner, and she's like, "I bet she's behind me, isn't she?" And the crowd's like, "Yeah, of course she is. She's right behind you." Totally. And so she like jumps, spins around, and Samantha's not there. So she goes outside the ring to try and start looking for her. And the ref's like, if you girls are going to be out there, I'm going to have to start counting to ten. And I'm like, I hope you said it just like that. And, and I'm, th <laughs> I'm thinking, Samantha's already been outside the ring for like a solid two minutes. Like, why are we not counting already? So eventually starts counting, and Samantha crawls out from the other side of the ring, and Star's still looking for Samantha gets back in and kind of like runs out, dive, dives on the yeah. Star, and yep. they kind of continue to pokey-pokey around the ring. Um, I know at some point in the match, Samantha's elbow got busted open, and I was, I like, I was like, oh, there's blood. We don't see blood often. There's blood. Yes, and this led to a woman in the back, uh, or behind us, the, the, the mother of these children. So I guess some of the uh, blood kind of got on the front of Miss uh, Star, and she goes, she's got a bloody titty, this lady behind us. <laughs> Which made us laugh pretty hard, and she's like, I'm sorry, that's just how I talk. And we were like, that's hilarious, talk however you want. <laughs> so... We wanted to get a bloody titty chance started, but I don't know. It was a family show, so we had more respect than that. So we, would you say that we were up here? Right? That's right. Yeah, we learned it from you, buddy. So, <laughs> well, that was that was a lot of fun. So um, Samantha gets her uh, her move set in where she has Pamala at the top turnbuckle, kicks her in the face, goes to the middle turnbuckle, kicks her in the face, the last one. And so you think that, you know, she's got one of her signature moves in. That's going to be it. She goes for the pin, but Star kicks out. Mm -hmm. And so Samantha then says, I'm going to outsmart her and rolls her up in a schoolgirl, not a schoolboy. A schoolwoman. Yeah, schoolwoman. College woman. <laughs> An educated woman. There you go. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, it gets the one, two, three. Yeah, it's kind of the finish kind of came out of nowhere a little bit, you know. Uh, but I don't know. It was fun, and like I said, this is when I realized the ring was a little bigger, and it was fun to see a new, you know, female wrestler, woman wrestler uh, like Miss Star. I think she did a great job, and you know, the crowd hates her, 
and she was jawing at him all the way out and all the way to the uh, to the uh, entrance. So that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was a match or not. We had a couple talking segments, so I don't want to throw it to another match. What happened next? Well, so there was talking segments basically between every single match because they were giving away raffle or they were raffling off baskets that a lot of people had sponsored. Dude, Aaron, tell us about this basket. We found the gem, right? There oh, was yeah. many baskets, but we found the one that was like, holy crap! What was it? What was this one? Oh man, that one. It had like. Uh, See, it had a dust phrase photo in it. Sign. Sign. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Mojo McQueen, who you will talk about momentarily. Yes, sir. Um, a couple signed things from him. One of his stickers. Yeah, he has stickers. Rob Van um, Dam. But then it had an RVD yeah, signed eight by ten. Unbelievable. It had a uh, uh, an Adam Rose signed eight by ten. It had uh, a Maria Canellis uh, signed eight by ten. There was a Remix Pro poster. From the last show, with oh, yeah, all with the signatures the, yeah, on it the, from the whole the whole crowd kitten caboodle, which, which includes Christopher freaking Daniels. That's right, and uh, DJ Z, yeah. and you know uh, uh, Madison Rain, people like that. You know, uh, oh my new favorite wrestler, Kylie Ray. Oh my oh, goodness, Kylie Ray, man, she your wife, was your wife legit. on that show? Oh yeah, Queen Aminata, my wife. Um, yeah, the Kylie Ray though, holy moly! So good she boy. is. All things good, about so. Kylie Ray are good. Unbelievable. So, that's so, uh, but you, out. but Kylie, yeah, if, if you hear this someday, all things about you are good. It's true. That's all I'm gonna say about it. And all things about you. Are good. <laughs> well, and so her signature was even in this thing. So you know, I mean, that was the coolest basket. Some of the other ones were kind of like, I don't know, they were they weren't as cool as that one, but they weren't wrestling related either. No, so you know, we had they some. Weren't, they weren't stuff for for geeks like us. That's true. That's true. But uh, John, what was next? The next match was Apollo Star versus the Suplex Shogun Jackson Stone. You mean Joe? <laughs> yeah, Pomp or oh, no, Pomp Joe. Jeez, uh, Samoa Joe, right? Samoa Joe. Yeah. So tell us about this uh, music, Aaron. Well, I mean, anybody who's been a wrestling fan for like ten years or so has probably watched a couple of Samoa Joe from Ring of Honor matches. And he has uh, a song. And it basically, uh, you know, it's got a very distinct sound to it. It's like you definitely know that it's Joe. And the crowd used to chant the, um, it would would be like, clap, 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 the champ is here. Clap, 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 the champ is here. And it goes to the tune of that song. Well, this gentleman used that song. Uh, And I know know this guy. Uh, He's a good dude. But I have a serious issue with people using songs that somebody else has already established. Oh, uh-oh, we got heat. I mean, it's not heat. It's just like, <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. Because what that's going to do to a wrestling fan is they're going to play that song and then you're going to do what we just did. You're like, oh, it's Mojo. Yeah, I which, guess you're right. Which takes it away from you. It's no longer you. Now it is, oh, that's the guy who used Mojo's music. So what you're saying, Aaron, is that he should show more respect and <gasps> not use... So what else is music? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Take it from the respect champion. I'm the champion of respect. Listen, okay. we, we might not have got the respect jokes in earlier, but they are coming. Oh, they're getting <laughs> we're in. We're get getting in. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do, do want to put it out there right now that I, I I like being the champion of respect a lot more than the respect champion. Okay. So can I just be champion of respect now? Absolutely. Right. You know, I mean, it's... That's we, what it is. We respect your decision to be the, the champion of respect. 
John, that was very respectful. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we are in the car with Mr. Respectful, and so he's rubbing off on me to be more respectful. It's true. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of fun. So, <laughs> we had a match. Respect, respect, respect. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah. <laughs> we had a match, uh, and it was Apollo Star, uh, which I don't think he's related to Pamala Star. No, different. Different person. Um, no, totally different. Apollo is a long time vet from the Indianapolis area. We saw him in Emerge a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah? So, uh, yeah. He, uh, you know, he's one of these guys. I mean, he got heat immediately. Everyone was booing him, you know. And uh, he said something that really made my head explode. And I'm tired of it. All these wrestlers who say, this is my house. It's not a house, okay? It's not a house. I mean, do you want to live in a high school gymnasium? I, I mean, there's perks. Uh, what? There's showers. Showers readily available. <laughs> yeah, but you're going to get in trouble when the high schoolers have to be in there. When the you know principal I mean? shows up and says, you're not supposed to be in here. That's right. The kids are. <laughs> but, you know, he's claiming that this is his house, so whatever. If he wants to live in, in the high school, I guess that's fine. Maybe he's homeless and this is where he's seeking shelter tonight. Okay. Could be. You know? I uh, love taking things to their own. <laughs> It does, it does make wrestling more fun, it does doesn't it? <laughs> so, there was a lot of hokey-pokey going on Yes, here. now, John, don't skip over this amazing thing that I have in the notes there, okay? So, um, you know, if... Beaumayer is... The, oh, that's not it yet. No, never no, mind, no, never no, mind. No, I'm no, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. My bad. So, I mean, essentially, to start the match, Apollo takes the mic from Daniel, does his own introduction, the crowd's booing him, yeah. Shogun comes out, um... So the bell rings, hokey pokey to start. There's a long sequence of chain wrestling where they're just basically doing rest hold after rest hold after rest hold after rest hold. Yeah, there was there was some some holds going on. Uh, eventually, Apollo takes over and gets some heat on Jackson, uh, and then you say Apollo says this is my house. Yeah, he kept saying it's his house. Uh, one thing I noticed during this match uh, was Jackson. The only words that he could say was Shogun. Yes. And I didn't know if maybe we had like a group from Guardians of the Galaxy thing going on here. <laughs> I am where, Shogun. Where like Groot can only say I am Groot, but it's like he's saying sentences. I gotcha. We just need someone who can translate it, like a raccoon or something. Well, Aaron, can you enlighten John as to what a Shogun is? Uh, Shogun is actually, uh, I guess the best way to put it would be like the governor of a uh, Japanese province and the, uh, um, what, would it, what would it be? He's, he's like, so in feudal Japan, feudal there, Japan were, there were samurais, yeah. and the samurais were like the warrior class that like ruled the feudal areas. And Shogun was the guy who was overall. Yeah, he was the he best was of all of those, right? He was like, like an emperor would come along and say, you know what, all you samurais, you're the best one. So the Shogun is like the best so would, of all the samurais. He would like run the show. You got it. Okay. So, and there wasn't always a shogun. That's another thing that's interesting about like Japanese history is that sometimes there wasn't enough like good samurais. And like, you know what? We're not going to have a shogun right now because none of y'all are good enough. You know? Wouldn't be crazy if government ran like 
oh, I was just thinking the same thing. It, <laughs> it, it might be better, but we'll stay away from that. So, uh, we don't know. do politics. No, we do not do politics here. Um, but yeah, so he was the he's the best samurai. You know, that's okay. what it is. I and he's Cincinnati just making Shogun for a while, so I was the what? best. That's right. In Cincinnati. That's right. Of all the, you've been American Buzzsaw, oh, a yeah. Cincinnati Shogun, Madness yeah. Man Live, Astonishing I mean, Man. Uh, 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 call me Chaz, you know. Chaz. <laughs> Captain Respect. Captain, Captain Respect. The champion of respect. You know, that's <laughs> the owner of the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. I mean, that's wow. The Midwest. That's like, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Well, let's show this match some respect and get to the finish, <laughs> shall we? Right, sorry. Uh, sorry. So, <laughs> Jackson eventually, <laughs> Jackson eventually makes a comeback with some chops, a few suplexes. Um, there's a couple near falls, and then eventually Jackson wins with a pounce. Yeah, on Apollo. Yeah, he pounced him. Um, he, I think he went for the pounce earlier in the match too, but like Apollo dodged it. Yeah, and so he knew what was coming. He knew to stay the hell away from that pounce, man. It was pretty devastating, you know. And it was enough to put down Apollo Star. I was happy Apollo Star lost because uh, he doesn't know what a house is. So you know that that blows me away. What do you think, Joe? I mean, how do you feel about the statement, the home is where the heart is? So if your heart is in the ring, technically, wouldn't that be your home? And then uh, a home, I mean, I mean, I'm mean, i reaching, of course. You are. I'm really reaching. It makes a little sense, though. I'll respect the fact that that makes some sense, you know. You don't, have, um, you don't have to, like, live by it or anything, because, <laughs> you know. But wouldn't that I, just It's mean, my job also to respect your decisions and your choices, wow. so... Wouldn't that just mean that home is where the heart is, which means the human body is where the heart is, so technically you the are body is just the home. Oh. That's weird. All right. We need to stop getting so deep as this wrestling. <laughs> this is an educational podcast. <laughs> it is, first and foremost. So. Although we're talking about philosophy, well, you know, it is what it's it is. Still education. Still is That's true. An educational woman is the new. It's the new schoolboy. There you go. Finish. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you with that educational woman. So after this match, it led to your favorite part of the show, Andy. Single intermission. There you go. So that's pretty good, right? <laughs> so, and that's what we call intermission. Uh, the first one, anyway. And uh, what you do, John? Uh, I went to the bathroom. Yeah. And then I checked out the action figure uh, sale going on, which it wasn't really a sale. It was an upsell uh, over on the uh, yonder part of the gymnasium. And then I met up with you and we talked to the the baddest man alive. We did. And we were just in everyone's way. So we kind of kept, we kept scooting down this table and then just being in their way again. And we're like, God damn, we're just in everyone's way. Sorry. We thought for a second that the guy doing the raffles was literally just picking the baskets exactly we where we were at. And then we learned that he wasn't. We just, we're literally just kept getting in his way. Well, and that guy was Drew Dillinger, right? Wow. Dusty. Dusty Dillinger. Shit. Uh, yeah, him. Sorry. We're screwing up names now. Well, I am. I was thinking of Doug Dillinger, yeah, and then I said Drew, Drew Dillinger. I, we would, like, fail miserably, and we wouldn't be nearly as respectful. No. You know, I mean, that's a fact. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we just kind of hung out, and, uh, you know, I don't know. It was a long intermission, but it didn't seem like it. You know, it wasn't bad. Well, they had to give off some more baskets. Absolutely. So. You know, and this is a little different. There wasn't a lot of uh, folks out trying to sell merchandise because, you know, they were uh, respecting 
the fact that, uh, you know, this was a, cha- a, a charity show, and all that money needed to go to the charity, and we're going to talk about how much money they raised, because it's an astonishing amount, and pretty awesome, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, John, take us up. So after our single intervention, we had our next contest, which was Unchained Brandon Day, who... I think is of the House Targaryen. Yes, he's the father of dragons. The father of dragons. Whoa. Whoa. That guy was there. Yeah. I yeah. didn't even realize it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's true. He had dragons on his pants with chains. Yeah. And that's like, Daenerys is the unchained, right? Or the mm-hmm. breaker of chains breaker or something. Breaker of shit. chains. So, uh... Mother of dragons. But uh, who was his opponent? His opponent was a surprise <gasps> because Jigsaw, a.k.a. Uh, Ripper... Ripper something Ripper, Ripper Blackheart, there you uh, came out and said, hey, you're still under contract with me for the next month, and so I got a special opponent for you tonight. Which, we call this guy Jigsaw because if you've ever seen the Saw movies, uh, the main guy, Jigsaw... Tobin Bell has this like facial structure with a little tiny soul patch goatee, and this guy had it, and he, he just looked, looked like it. He just looked like Jigsaw to me, it's so true. I started calling him that. Now, and yeah. he was a manager, and he had come out originally with the Woody Jones, yeah, group. with the heel team at the beginning. So, and it's kind of cool because this is kind of an old school deal where almost all the heels came out with this manager, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, Which like, uh, Bobby, Bobby Heenan, yeah, so I really dig that, I think that's cool. So that was that was pretty neat. So he said, I got a special opponent for you tonight. Hit the music, and out came Papa Dingo. That's right. Which and you have a lot of notes here. I do? Okay. You want me to read them all? I so mean, it was for the theme, I think it's all related to the theme song. Oh, oh, this is important. Yes, yes. So Papa Dingo came out, and ever and you could hear his theme song, and you hear Bomaye, Bomaye, right? And he was yelling that all the time. So I looked up a little bit of history just so I, we didn't screw this up. So John, if you want to read that off, it's pretty cool. Yes. So I am not going to say that word, Bomaye. Mm-hmm. I just I, I nailed it. Yeah. I'm not saying that word, Bomaye. I've been studying. So that means kill him. In Lingala language, mm-hmm. uh, which is known for the 60,000 who chanted it as Muhammad Ali entered the ring during the Rumble in the Jungle fight against George Foreman in 1974. Also, has a wrestling connection, as it is the original name of Shinsuke Nakamura's finisher. Mm-hmm. The Bomei Ni. And uh, it used to be called that. And so, you know, when they I'm used. Just curious. Yes, sir. How do you guys think it would go over if, uh, you know, I don't know, Mike Tyson came out of retirement and went into the ring with Floyd Mayweather and, uh, like, Americans did nothing but chance to kill him? Uh, I mean, it's a little different, you know? I mean, things have changed, and uh, this was... We're talking about Muhammad Ali, one of the, you know, the greatest of all time, a lot of people say. 
and uh, George uh, Foreman was the bad guy. You know, he was like the heel in this whole situation. So, you know, I think that that it's it's just a cool story. If you go back and look it up, it's just kind of a cool story. Oh yeah, Rumble and Jungle. Yes, it's amazing. So it just really kind of is a neat little thing, and I just wanted to give the context behind that particular word, just because it has that wrestling connection as well. Education, man. Yeah, it's kind of neat. So, I mean, like I said, we are an educational podcast first and foremost. Sorry, I had to throw that philosophy out. No, you're good, you're good, and, um, you know, we also like hypothetical situations, so thank you, you know. <laughs> and we also like humor. Yeah. Which you're going to get in this match. Oh, yeah! So there's a lot of back-and-forth action to begin this, where, you know, Brandon's getting his stuff in, Papa Dingo's getting his stuff in. Eventually, uh, Brandon goes to the top rope to kind of dive off on the Papa Dingo, but not so quick. Because Jigsaw takes the cane that he's been walking around oh with and sticks it straight up Brandon's butthole. I mean, just Whoa. right up his hole. You know, I mean, Whoa. so Brandon's up on the top rope trying to do a move, and here comes uh, Jigsaw, and he's like, you want to play a game? And he fucking Whoa. sticks this cane right up the dude's ass. Whoa. Let's see where this fits. <laughs> Whoa. And to Brandon's surprise, he's like, oh! And he, like, <laughs> falls off the top rope. Wow. <laughs> and then Jigsaw takes the cane and, like, starts sticking it in people in the yes, front row's face. Yes, he in their face. <laughs> like, smell this. That was really funny, man. That was good stuff. But uh, this led to the finishing move, which was maybe the most devastating move of the entire evening. Tell us about this, John. Holy shit. So, with Brandon down... Papa Dingo went to the top rope and did a huge body splash from the top rope onto Brandon. It was so big that the referee flew in the air and like bounced off of the mat once he landed. I mean, and and we had Joe Copas in the ring too, and then we had a younger, less experienced ref, you know, uh, and uh, they both did a great job tonight. But, yeah, I mean, the ring fucking exploded from this move, which, you know, I, I'm surprised it didn't fall into a thousand pieces because, uh, man, that was awesome. Um, really like that. And, and this match was kind of short, but it did its job, you know? Did, did what it was supposed to do. I yeah. liked it. It got right. Dingo over That's as right. a monster. It did. Also gave Jigsaw an opportunity to use his cane. Really oh, Play man. a game. That's right. With someone's rear. <laughs> And so as Dingo was leaving the ring, the little kids that we talked about earlier, they oh, were wow. all they were all standing next to the guardrail with their hands out to get a high five. And Papa Dingo stops next to them, and he like looks at them. Then he turns away like he's gonna walk back to the walk through the entrance, and just turns around and starts like, ah! in their face. And this little girl legitimately starts crying oh, from being startled. It was awesome. That is not respectful. Oh, come on. It was fine. Uh, those kids, like, all the kids giggled and thought it was hilarious, except one of them who just started per- just burst into tears. And then the mom's like, stop being a drama queen. Yeah, speak American. Cry American, okay? Dry them tears. <laughs> You're not scared. She's like, what, you got a bloody titty? You know, get out of here, you know? So, <laughs> it was the same lady, by the way. It was. Uh, she she was awesome. But, yeah, that we was a lot her. of fun. And, uh, 
you know, I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, you don't pull a little kid to cry, but I mean, that, it wasn't his fault. It was, you know, I liked it. I thought it was they should show them more scary movies to prepare them That's for stuff right. like this. Maybe they should watch more Jigsaw movies, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> then they'll be ready for a jump scare when it happens in real life. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Fun stuff. That's what's we're educating happening. the audience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so after that, <laughs> this is okay. So the you know what would be funny is if somehow we could get Rodney Dangerfield to be your manager as the <laughs> as the respect champion, and he's like you know you turn heel and you're like you're like I don't ever get any respect. That's why I had to have this title. You like make your own title and it's the respect title, you know. And then he's like you know just like oh you know no respect. I just that's it. That's all I got. So. <laughs> all right, Pete. Yeah, no kidding, man. He was one of the best ever. I, I can't. Go ahead. Uh, so our next match was uh, the match that just broke the beefo meter. Oh, dude. For all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It was Brandon or Braden. No carbs, please. No carbs needed. No That's carbs right. needed. He surely does not need any of them. No. I bet if he ate one, he would just bloat up immediately. Yeah. And all the ads would be gone. Oh, he would have an allergic reaction. That's what would happen. He's yeah. allergic to carbs. He would have an EpiPen around here. <laughs> and his opponent was the dirty one himself. Dirty. dirty. <laughs> Austin Mannix. That's right. And uh, these are two beefy dudes. And uh, like you said, the beefometer exploded. Uh, beef juice just ran all over the floor. You know? Oh. And uh, it was gross. But luckily, they had that tarp down, so, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, but it didn't get to, like, absorb anywhere, so it was just, like, running over the rest of the show. It's fine. You know, it is what it is. There were some ladies in the front row that soaked all of the beef juice Oh, they did. They did. They liked it. But uh, sounded awful. That's what what we do. (laughs) So, uh, I, I, this was a lot of fun. I was trying to take notes on this, and I, I was like... So they're doing a bunch of moves. Okay, more moves. All right, I got more moves. All right, shit. So I could not keep up because they just did a million moves in this match. Yeah, it was really fast-paced, which I haven't seen Austin wrestle too, too much. So I wasn't expecting him to be able to keep up with the faster Braden, which was good. It was good, yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun. This is the second time you've seen Braden wrestle, right? Well, technically he wrestled three times in one night. All right, that's right. And that's what just really sold me on it. He's a marathon man. He can go the distance. Well, (laughs) all right. (laughs) All right. Well, Aaron, tell me a little bit about you worked with Austin Mannix. Have you worked with Braden Lee yet? I have not worked with young uh, Mr. Lee. I mean, obviously, I know what I'd do. I mean, I'd just, you know, hand him a soda or something. Yeah, make him eat pizza, huh? Yeah, get yeah. some of them carbs, and blow up, <laughs> finish. But you've wrestled Austin a few times, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good, right? Yeah, I like, I like Austin. I think he's, uh, uh, I think he's real good. He, I've always said about him that, you know, we usually see him as kind of a good guy or tweener type character, but him is a bad guy. He is legitimately terrifying. And oh, so, yeah. like, I just really would like to see him, like, let loose and just be, like, a crazy heel, you know, where he's just, like, a monster destroying people because he's huge. And and 
I've seen him chase people before around a ring, and I'm like, oh my god, I would be so scared if I was that person, and uh, he's just terrifying, so I just, you know, I like to see that, but in this match, we had face-on-face, I believe, because uh, everybody loved everybody in this match, but uh, John, you got any kind of things you liked about it, or anything you remember? Uh, yeah, so there was one spot where uh, Braden went for a springboard, uh, yeah, it looked like he was trying to go do like a springboard crossbody, but instead Mannix hit him with the, like a European uppercut. Yes. Well, it's a springboard like flying nothing, you know? Yeah. He got all of it, too. Yeah, got but Mannix caught him with a European Absolutely, uppercut. yes. It was, it was really pretty looking. Austin Mannix's style involves lots of striking and power moves. That's kind of his deal, striking and power moves, you okay. know, um, which is uh, what we saw from him. So, yeah. Anything else? Uh, there's a lot of near falls. Uh, there was one really in particular where Manix hit a uh, knee strike yeah. on the lead. Yeah. It was really, it was really powerful. And here's what I liked about this match. Um, Austin Manix clearly much larger. You know, I mean, obviously, Brayden Lee, he's breaking the beef meter but Austin Mannix just physically is a taller, larger man, yet he made sure that Brayden Lee looked great. You know what I mean? It was like, at no point did Brayden Lee dominate, or did Austin Max Mannix dominate. It was a very good 50-50 match, as far as that goes, until the finish. It's a, so that's something that's really important when you're bringing in a new guy like this, is that Having a match with an established talent, especially one like Austin Mannix, who's clearly much larger, and having him, you know, uh, stand up to him and go toe-to-toe, that really does a lot for an up-and-comer like Braden Lee, you know, because the next time that he comes around, people are going to be like, oh, man, he almost beat Austin Mannix. Remember that? You know? And so he's credible now uh, to beat anybody, you know, maybe not the champion, but, uh, you know, to beat other people that can be in, uh, and maybe not the respect champion, but uh, yeah, he's gonna have to learn some respect. Yeah, so yeah, you know, right. Well, you got. He might have to respect. Do you think he respects pizza? Um, I think he does. I don't, I don't think, think so. he does. I think that is a a must for the respect you. Absolutely. Must respect the pizza. <laughs> Amen. Amazing. Well, what was the finish, John? Uh, so there was a spot where there was a little bit of timing proximity issues, where Braden went to uh, do a top rope hurricane rata from the mat to Austin, who was on the top rope. Oh, yeah. Uh, and something happened. It didn't really work out. But he immediately popped back up and pulled up Mannix off the top rope and hit him with, like, a front driver. Parked him, as you would say. Yeah, he parked him. Uh, but it was only good for two. In the end, eventually, Austin got him up with a powerbomb variant. I'm pretty sure it was a blue thunderbomb but I can't be certain. Yeah, I didn't see it. I was looking down, so uh, writing the notes. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is really good stuff that we had respect, respect, respect after the match, you know. And uh, Aaron, uh, you know, Brayden Lee, that's somebody you'd like to kick a little bit, huh, baby? In the I future. So. Yeah, in the future. I uh, definitely can see myself laying the, uh, the old kick pad leather into that chest a few times. Okay, well, maybe we'll get to see that at some point. He is a guy who is also in the Indiana area most of the time, and, uh, you know, he is the first entrant into the TPI, so there is a possibility that that might happen uh, in September, so that's awesome. 
But uh, John, uh, anything else in, on that match? No, I was just starstruck. You were or abstruck. You're I should say. abstruck. I was a- abstructed <laughs> by what I saw in the ring. <laughs> Listen, if I don't start working in that joke all the time, I'm going to be real disappointed in myself. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, I, I do have one little quick comment, and this is just me being a dick probably, but uh, that whole standing, uh, jumping to the, the like, a, a opponent sitting on the top rope, especially a tall opponent like Austin Mannix, and then someone is trying to jump flat-footed up into a Hurricanrana, I think we could just get rid of that spot in wrestling. Let's just get rid of it. it. It doesn't ever really go like it's supposed to. It never really quite looks right, even when they do when folks do it like perfectly. Let's just get rid of it. You know what I mean? Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you what everybody tells me when I complain about the Canadian destroyer. Okay. It's just it's just what people do, man. It's just what people do. Okay. It's never gonna go away. Alright. Well, I mean, it's just a move, right? Remember that? Wow. That was a while ago. Just a move. Just that was a fun, fun angle. It was. It was cool. But, uh, yeah, go back and listen to our old IWA episodes from a couple years ago, us talking about that stuff. So, And, by the way, just to mention real quick, we do have a very large catalog of episodes where you can hear about you know, our wonderful and respectful uh, and uh, hilarious uh, reviews of, of shows going back, you know, to beginning of 2017 all over the place. So yeah, go back and watch and listen to some of those and many, many interviews with people like Jerry Lynn, you know, people like Aaron Williams. We need to do another one. We need to do another, uh, you, you and me just talking about wrestling. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready. You know, uh, you just let me know when, you know, uh, that we, we do it in person this time. Don't you think? Yeah. You know, uh, I've been having problems with the Facebook thing. It doesn't work like it used to. So we uh, also have a movie review. Oh, yes. Uh, Tell us us about it, John. Oh, we just saw the Page movie that came out, the one that was in theaters, that is. um, We did a review of that, The Fighting With My Family. That's right. Yeah, It was a really fun episode. That was a lot of fun to do. I'm ready to do that again, by the way. So, And no one sent in any recommendations to fuckers. Damn it. But, but yeah, we're looking for recommendations of movies to review, because that was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'd like to do that again. Uh, But... uh, yeah, well, let's move on. Um, you know, that was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, it's great to see both those guys. And like I said, this job did its, uh, this match did its job, uh, which was to uh, you know get get uh, a win for Austin on a new guy and get that new guy to kind of get put over a little bit. So there we go. Yep, and we are now at our semi main event. Oh my god, of the evening, it was Dustin Ray's. One half of the Night Riders, well, one third of the Night Riders. I mean, is it? I don't even know. You I don't know. know. Is Night Riders still a thing? And we, uh, we are more of a. Um, I mean, we're obviously we're not really a faction, I guess, anymore because none of us really work at the same places. But we're we're still a brotherhood. So still, I guess still bald dudes. We're still bald dudes. So yeah, I guess we are still. Theory, we are still night riders because we still we still got each other back. So yeah, it's still a thing. He's still a third. Hey, hey, John, bald dudes, it's for life. Okay, it's for not <laughs> life. It's right. It's not just something that happens. Okay, you know, it's not just something that you you step in, you step out. It's not like the hokey pokey. Okay, well, we're not talking about bald dudes. We're talking about the night riders. Yeah, but bald dudes. 
Okay, well, Dustin Ray's opponent <laughs> was the Voodoo King, Mojo McQueen. Wow, this entrance was incredible, man. I, I, I mean, obviously, we had Dustin come out, and then he got in, you know, all up in the butthole of Daniel uh, Blevins and was talking shit to him. Not in the literal sense, like I'm Jigsaw, saying, yeah, but... <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah, so not in the literal sense, like Jigsaw had his cane up Brandon's butthole. Right. But he, like, took the mic and was like, I don't want to be in this town. It's awful here. It smells bad. Let's get to my opponent out here so I can get out of here as fast as I can. And then Mojo Queen was like, listen, bro, you think it smells bad now? <laughs> just wait till you I just come out. Wait. <laughs> and uh, Mojo comes out. And uh, he has, like, a skull mask with horns, right? And it's really cool. And he also has this boss box. John, tell us about this box, man. So it's like a treasure chest. But inside this treasure chest is blue smoke that is just pouring out of it. Uh, and so he, he'll walk around with it open, and then he'll slam it shut and, like, get in somebody's, in the audience's face. He's a good guy. But he's still like playing up to the crowd, and then he'll open it back up and keep walking around. And all the while, he's also holding a voodoo doll. Uh, well, it appears to be a voodoo doll, uh, carrying that around too. And he eventually gets, you know, to the ring and slides the chest inside the ring. And Dustin is just like, "Yo, what is this?" Like, because <laughs> he can clearly smell it, and yeah, he oh, yeah. agrees. Like the rest of us, wow, it smells bad in here now. Because of this, like, smoke bomb that's inside of this voodoo magic bomb. Yeah, man. This was really effective. It was really cool. I do have a bone to pick with Dustin Race because, honestly, do you think... When this place was called Cold Water where we were. Yeah. Um, do you think that it smells worse than New Carlisle? <laughs> I don't think so, well, right? Well, i tell you this, though. The problem Dustin's going to have there is he lives in that area, so his, his nostrils have gotten used to oh. the smell, if you will, of the, uh, of the problem. So it's like that deal when you have a friend who lets, you know, their, their cat's pissed on the carpet 50 times, but they don't even smell it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You walk in, you feels like you got punched in the face by, uh, by Windex or something yeah. like that, you know? So, uh, wow. Well, uh, sorry, Dustin. That's what it is. But, uh... <laughs> I just had to get that in. That was no, fun. No, that's, that's good. <laughs> Solid. One. So, John, um, tell me about the match. Uh, you know what? What was this? Uh, what was this all about here? Uh, so, uh, Dustin hits his textbook Pearl Harbor on Mojo to start. Yep. Yep. Uh, they immediately start brawling outside Wait, the ring. Did you, Dustin's textbook. Are you telling me that Dustin has a tendency in Pearl Harbor? No, no. This was if you open up. <laughs> The textbook. The oh, book. he hits a textbook. I was just reading the notes and I oh, misread them. Okay. Oh, oh gotcha. Well, so he hit him with the textbook. Yeah. Not Harbor. Dustin's textbook. No, no, no. He, you know, if you open up the first page of Pearl Harbor, the first one you learn how to do is as soon as your opponent turns around when they're Wait. being announced, then you hit them. So that was it. It's a textbook Pearl Harbor. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yeah, sorry. I, hey, I respect the fact that you want things to be clear. That's I fine. do. I definitely you know? want it to be, to be correct. And I respect that you are having your friends back and making sure we're not dragging his name through the mud. Yes. There you I go. Mean, I appreciate all the respect in the car. Right I mean, now. his name's already been drugged through New Carlisle. It doesn't <laughs> need to be drugged through the mud, so... 
Okay, continue. Uh, so, <laughs> where was I at? Uh, they brought to the outside. Eventually, back in the ring, Mojo hits a running Hurricane Rana. Yes, he's humongous! Yeah, this dude has to be at least, like, 6'4", 6'3", maybe. He's, like, 270, 280, and he did this shit. It looked like fucking Lucha Zodi, man. I was, yeah. It blew my mind. That was cool. Uh, but then... Dustin cuts him off and starts beating down Mojo. Uh, Dustin eventually grabs the mic in the middle of the match and starts belittling uh, the Voodoo King. And as the Voodoo King starting to make a comeback, you see Dustin showing respect to the microphone. It's <laughs> by like trying to hand it off to the ref. Like here, take take the mic, take the mic. Like while he was taking a move, he just like he's like eyeing the ref. Like take the mic. I'm not dropping it, which is is very respectful. It's so very very respectful. <laughs> so eventually, Mojo gets Dustin into the corner and he's uh, hitting the ten count punches. And as he's doing that, Dustin grabs the ref and with his left hand moves him over to the left side of him and Mojo and uses his right arm that is free to hit a low blow mm-hmm. which causes Mojo to fall off and then Dustin goes to the top rope and what does he hit? A moonsault man a good one you know I like Dustin's moonsault um, I was really hoping that he was going to get him up for the catalyst driver so you could see how terrible that move is as far as like it is scary as shit. And, um, you know, but unfortunately, you know, it's a little... He's kind of a big guy to be putting upside down, you know, by a double underhook. But, uh, well, honestly, exactly. I mean, his mask would prevent it. Ooh! No kidding! You're right! Yeah, Man, Dustin's way smarter than me. That's yeah. you're right. Because those horns would like stab him in the leg. Yeah, that's right. That's fantastic. That's that's brilliant on Mojo's part because he just he just he just darted himself from pile drivers. You you can't pile drive. Wow. Okay, I love that. That was really cool. Okay. Well, you know, we did have some brawling around on the outside during this match as well, right? And you know, some stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, so Dustin gets the win. But th- it wasn't over. It was not. Oh. So as Dustin's leaving, he drags the camera girl. He holds her hostage for some reason. She got the giggles, too. She did. <laughs> she was excited to be dragged off by him. Uh, but he didn't take her all the way to the back. He left her there. She went and got her camera. Uh, and while he's doing that distraction, Mojo grabs the chest mm-hmm. and the voodoo doll. And he reaches inside the chest, which is still smoking. Uh, and, like, the little commentary guy, the ring bell guy, he's like, I look over, he's got, like, his shirt over his nose. <laughs> it smells so bad over here. Uh, but Mojo grabs a needle out from the chest. He grabs the voodoo doll. And Dustin's like, yo, what are you doing over there, man? I don't know how Dustin sounds. I assume that he sounds like he's uh, from the um, beach. No, you're, you're incorrect. He probably sounded like, what are you doing over there, man? Yeah, something like that. He's the only way I can say that. That's pretty good. <laughs> we realize that Mojo has the needle <laughs> back to the butthole. Yeah, man. He's obsessed <laughs> with buttholes tonight. What the hell? He takes the needle and shoves it up the voodoo doll's butthole. And you see Dustin just start grabbing his butt, 
and he scurries off to the back in he, pain. He made the same face that Brandon Day made when he got the cane up the butt. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh, what's that? So he ran away, and uh, the crowd cheered uh, for um, you know the Voodoo King, and I love that gimmick. That is pretty cool, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's he, definitely like a ri- it's an original thing I haven't seen. On the Indies yeah. that much. Yeah, unless Papa I mean, Sean goes yeah. booked, you know. Definitely, yeah, I know I kept expecting him to make Dustin just randomly start moving. Oh, um, or just weird goo start weird, coming out of his head. Um, <laughs> can we talk for a moment, just a moment, about how uh, versatile Mojo must be at Voodoo? Because I always thought that for a Voodoo doll to work, you had to have like something of the person. The Voodoo doll had to look like the person. There had to be like some kind of thing, but apparently Mojo can just be like, nah, this is one voodoo doll, and I will make it work on him. Well, I be like pretty, uh, well, I don't know. Legit. I think uh, he might have had part of Dustin uh, to put on the doll. So Andy, during the match, leans over to me, and he's like, John, what do you think is on Dustin? Like, what is that black stuff on him? And so my immediate gut reaction was... It's the black stuff that's on your and uh, Aaron's cars. Because when Aaron met up with us earlier, Andy's like, "What is that like black weird stuff around the door frame?" Yeah, I get of it on your my white car, car every time. So did you, you know? Yeah, but that's right. <laughs> so my gut instinct is, "Oh, Dustin was out there rubbing your car earlier, <laughs> and he used that black stuff to smear all over his body." So maybe Mojo got some of that black. Uh, tar and would rub it on the booty. There you go. Could be something like that, you know. Um, it could be that, like Aaron was saying, he's just that good at voodoo, you know. Um, I mean, he's maybe seen Serpent in the Rainbow like 30 times, whereas I've only seen it like three times, you know. So he is the king, right? That is yeah. voodoo king. He's not like voodoo prince, you know. He's not the embryo voodoo, he's the voodoo king. So it's awesome. All right. Well, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a lot of fun. And, you know, one of the fun things about tonight was seeing people we'd never seen before. And, you know, and that was great, especially mixed in with people we have seen. You know, obviously, I've seen Dustin Ray's wrestle a million times. It's been a while. Really happy to see him wrestle. It's always good. So after that, did we have uh, what will happen next here? After that, we had the presentation of the large chat to Shane and his family. This was really cool, man. So we had Shane out, um, you know, and I'm not sure. We're not going to discuss someone's medical issues or whatever. And honestly, we don't really know what the issue is. But, you know, we trust that it's something that, you know, the person needs help. So that's all. You know, uh, a man asks for your help, you help him. That's how that works. And so, you know, uh, maybe they didn't even ask for help. Who knows? But it's always good to help another. And they come out with this check. Aaron, how much money did they raise? Did you see this? $6,100. That is awesome, man. $6,100. You know, Aaron, Aaron, you've been on lots of these kind of charity shows and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Is that the most money you've ever heard of someone, someone raising, like in one setting type of deal? I think on a, yeah, like in a situation like this, because I think they've only really been promoting this show for about a month or something. Uh, I've been a part of some shows that were promoting for like a very long time. They drew some good money, and I want to say like eighty-five was okay. probably one of them. Um, um, this was, you know, a long time. 
certainly like in recent memory, that is easily the most money I've seen raised for uh, for a charity show of this, of this, of this stature. Like I said, it's only been like a month. That's incredible, you know. Yeah. And I was glad, you know, I was glad we were there to see that. I mean, that's a that's some pretty cool stuff. We don't do serious real well on the show, so we're not going to get into you know all that kind of stuff. But you know, to me, that's just a cool deal. Um, you know, pro wrestling is a magical force that can do good, you know, in the community, and it's great to see you know something like that. I mean, we see pro wrestling bring people together. You know, we never would have known Aaron if it weren't for pro wrestling, obviously. He's become great friends with us. Um, You know, I never really would have known John. You know, all the incredible, like, relationships that you get and all the awesome stuff that pro wrestling can bring you in your life, but it can also bring help for others, you know? And and I just, I love that about wrestling. It's a tool used for good, uh, or at least most of the time it is, and when it's used for good, incredible things can happen. So, pretty cool. Amen, brother. There you go. Well, uh, John, I think uh, that led us to your May event of the evening. And the main event was what, John? It was a four-on-three handicap match. Right. This was set up at the beginning of the show. And who were the competitors of the match? You had the war heavyweight champion, Cody Jones, teaming with Will the Thrill and Pave City. Pav City. Pav City. I had to screw up somebody's name. Might as well be you. Pav City and Ripper Blackheart taking on Nick Hahn, Matt Taylor, and Kid Bull. That's right. Um, You know, and I have not seen Dark Star Matt Taylor wrestle in like three years. So just had like something on memory on my Facebook pop up of him and I just randomly working before a show, just doing like like a small little like mock match before a show in Brown County, Ohio from like seven years ago. And it just was like, man, it's been so long since I've even wrestled that. It's been nuts. He's one of these guys that's kind of like a stalwart in the area. He's been around a long time. And I think if real deal Derek Neal and Dolph Ziggler had a baby... That it would be Matt Stark, Matt Taylor. Dark you Star, you Matt think Taylor. so? Yeah. All right. I, I would love to hear more about your uh, your thought about that. That's that's it. I mean, they just it. he looks like that. He just looks like if Dolph Ziggler and and Derek Neal had yeah. a baby. That'd yeah. be all right. That's all I got. So, uh, but I mean, he's a great wrestler as far as like he's one of these guys that is. Like, just super over always with people, especially women. Women tend to really like uh, the dark star, you know. Yeah, so, uh, and, uh, you know, I wish that, I wish, that, you know, I wish that I was that way. But I'm not. So, well, hey, everybody's got their own different Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> I'm out here respecting everybody. You I'm respecting respect women. Everybody. Just respect them, man. They don't respect me. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Respect. I just keep thinking of the Sable gimmick where she was like, all you men pay to see me, and all you ladies want to be me. That's true. And that's what I was thinking. Like, you want to be Matt Taylor. I do. And you know, the ladies crazy. come I never, I never pay to see him. You know, me neither. I don't I know. I, I just, to me, she looked so phony, and she looked old to me when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I, 
I don't know. I like Sunny better. You know, Sunny's kind of all natural. So, not anymore, but she was. She, was she looked that way. She was real frisky, too. Yeah, she was. She was I frisky. did like Sable's... Uh, the, the whip crack at the beginning of Sable's music though. Okay. That really was like, yeah, girl. What? I like. I honestly think of that era. I was an ivory guy. Okay. I liked ivory. Well, she could I, actually wrestle. She you could know? wrestle. That's like a weird thing I've always had. Like, a girl couldn't wrestle. I just didn't care. That's fair. You know, you're. It's not like you're watching the show and it's it's called Hey Girl. It's it's actually called wrestling, you know what I mean? So it, it would make a lot of sense that you want the, the girl to actually wrestle. But I respect them either way. Yeah, respect. Respect, respect, respect. respect. Um, but, uh, but let's talk about this match a little bit. Um, this was very standard fare as far as, like, this was a way to get these good guys to win so that we could have, you know, uh, the crowd go home happy, you know, and uh, we could have some bad guys get their comeuppance without actually getting their comeuppance, yeah. you know, because the, the person who ended up getting pinned was not one of the actual wrestlers, really. So, you know, it's it's, it's a pretty cool way and a smart way to, to book this and everything. Uh, John, is there, is there any notes or anything about it? Uh, not really. I mean, the good guys beat up on Will the Thrill for a large percentage of the beginning of the match until eventually the heels took over and beat up Kid Bullet. Uh, Kicked him in the face with his nosebleed. Yeah. Poor little, poor little Kid Bullet. Do you recall who kicked him in the face? Um, I believe it was Pap City, but I could be wrong. Do you know? Bloodthirsty. I don't know. Oh. Okay. Half City's bloodthirsty. Is he? Oh my god. I guess. Well, I mean, he's crazy, bro. He's for blood. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this wasn't a first blood match. Or it would have been over right now. <laughs> hey, what up? Uh, and so the bad guys beat up on Kid Bullet for a really long time. Um, and the, the crowd was cheering on Kid Bullet to tag out. I uh, can't say that his partners really were. <laughs> Because they didn't want to get in there and get beat up, I guess. Uh, they were all... Everybody was kind of having fun with this match a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, uh, eventually, Kid Bullet clotheslines both Will the Thrill and Pav City and is able to leap over, falls just short of getting the hot tag, and then, like, gets back up and tags out. <laughs> barely missed him. Yeah, and so then we had all the bad guys bumping and feeding like crazy for Matt Taylor. We had some dives and then some more like brawling on the outside type of deal. Um, but eventually, we had two people alone in the ring, right? And I'm not sure. There was a blind tag to Matt Taylor. By Nick uh, Hahn. Yeah, by Nick Hahn, and that got him legal. I'm not sure how the uh, person Black who got pinned ended up being legal, but I guess he was. I don't know. Yeah. I believe Joe Copas, so... Uh, yeah, and somehow Ripper Blackheart got in the ring. Nick Hahn was in the ring. Uh, Nick hits him with a, I guess you could call it a spear. <laughs> I would have liked to see a stunner. Yeah, that would have been cool. Why? Yeah, I mean, but he hit the big leg drop. That's cool too. You know, yeah, I mean, he brother, a, brother. Uh, he so. hits a spear. Uh, you know, hawks up, uh, does the ear thing. No. <laughs> Then uh, hits it with a leg drop and gets the one, two, three. That's right, yeah. Um, I didn't see that. I booted. <laughs> well, the crowd went bonkers for this match, you know. Yeah. So the crowd was into it. Everybody was having a blast. And, you know, like I said, they send the, the crowd home happy. And uh, that's kind of wrapping up 
our first experience at war. Uh, you've had many experiences at war, Aaron. How did this one stack up to uh, other ones you've been I mean, in? This was this was a lot different than their their home base in uh, Lima, Ohio. Um, uh, usually, you know, they they, they have their own, their homegrown crowd there. They have a, a venue that they usually run out of. Uh, they always draw really really well. It's always a fun show to be on, and I I imagine to be at as well. good to their communities uh, as far as I can tell. They've done stuff for uh, people in their community multiple times and stuff like that. Uh, they contribute to like food banks and stuff if I'm not mistaken. They usually do something for uh, Toys and Tots, I think, around uh, the Christmas time area. Or's a good, uh, it's a good family-based company. It's a lot like uh, NWF is down here in Cincinnati, only it's up Good. It's a good experience. It's a good time. I enjoy going and doing it, or I wouldn't go do it because why would I? Because you're like Carmen, you do what you want. Right? That's right. I do whatever <laughs> I want. Respect my authority. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. All right, John. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was fun. Uh, it was cool to kind of see some new wrestlers that I haven't seen before. Specifically, uh, the Voodoo King. He was really fun. Lovato, uh, Mysterious Lovato was really fun. It's always a blessing to see Braden Lee in those abs. <laughs> uh, and it's always nice to see Aaron Williams kicking people in the face. Of course. And uh, the Alex Ware guy, he was fun to see too. Yeah. I saw him last week at Rockstar, but this was him being able to shine Absolutely. as a solo yeah. act. I, yes. I think last week at Rockstar, he, he did a shooting star press off the yeah. what, like, the, like two, two foot, foot apron, apron. Oh my god! To the ground. That was scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then and he also ran off the wall and like uh, you know like he bounced off the back of the ring, ran off the wall, and then jumped back on the ring. That was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he seems like he's someone who's going to be really innovative. But I didn't mean to cut you off, John. Anything else? No, that's about it. Okay, awesome. Well, I really enjoyed it too. I'm glad we finally made it up to war, even if this was kind of war light a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because we didn't get the full experience of the Lima home crowd. We'll get back up there eventually, and, uh, you know, I hope that all the folks at, at uh, War enjoy our review. You know, uh, we we joke around a lot, you know, but again, we do respect wrestling, so, uh, you know, don't uh, don't take anything we say the wrong way. Uh, we're, just, uh, we're just folks reporting what we saw and having a little fun while we're doing it. Uh, like I said, we have many, many uh, episodes in the back catalog. You know, go back. Uh, one of the, the last interview that me and Aaron did, I think it's one of the best ones ever, you know, so that's uh, maybe, I don't know, like eight months ago or something like that, you know. Uh, so we are due, which we'll do it, but, uh, you know, and, and there's people like Mike Quackenbush that's been on a couple times, uh, Lanny Potho, uh, people like that, you know, and, as well as many, many folks from the area. So, uh, you know, you got uh, folks that, uh, you know, like Aaron that have been on many, many times. So check out all that stuff if you want. If you have any questions, just hit us up on Twitter at uh, The Road Home FW or on Facebook. You can message our page directly. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. You're welcome. Sayonara.